G'day. We hope you're enjoying our podcast. Producing a podcast is costly, both time and money. If you'd like to show your support and offer a one-off payment, even the price of a coffee or a beer, that'd be greatly appreciated and would go a long way to support us. If you'd like to leave a donation, head to the show notes of this episode and click on the ACAST supporter link. Be sure to leave your message of support too. Thanks again. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The thoughts and opinions shared in this podcast are just that. It's up to the listener to decide what is true and what is not true. This podcast talks about domestic violence and death. It contains adult themes and coarse language. If you need help or you are affected by such issues, you can contact your nearest help centre, such as Lifeline on 131114 or DV Connect on 1800 811 811. Discretion is advised. On the 18th of July 2019, the anniversary of Kira's death came and went. It's now been five years since she died. Five years on, and it finally feels like we're a little closer to the truth. One thing I remember from my time in the police is this. There are always three sides to every story. There's your side, my side, and somewhere in the middle, it's the truth. And that storm, it's upon us. And whatever is tangled will surely come undone. G'day, I'm Jamie Paltz, and this has been in Valley Road, episode six, Undone. Got myself a piece of heaven. As you're probably aware, there is much we need to discuss. Firstly, thank you for all your support and your patience. We took a break for a few reasons. Reasons that I will share with you now. Firstly, because of the coronial inquiry. I just needed to know where we stood and if a date had yet been set for the hearing. As far as I'm aware, a date has not been set. And as I said before, protecting the integrity of the case is the main concern here. And the other reason is a little more personal. However, we have been up front from the start and that's not going to change. You may be wondering why you haven't heard from Tom in a while. Well, that's because we've got a business divorce. That's a joke. We're still very much mates and business partners. Although Tom is very strong, BVR has brought some things up in him that he's going to take some time to work through. He's still very much part of the 610 Media Group, but you will not be hearing his voice on the BVR project from now on. You can still read his blogs and reach out, but unfortunately, you're stuck with me from now on. When we conducted interviews for this podcast, it only raised more questions. Much of our knowledge of that night is from Tamika, Jason's sister, who was actually there at the house on Beanham Valley Road. A reminder, we are calling Kira's boyfriend at the time of her death, Jason. 
that is not his real name. Tamika, Jason's sister, willingly met us and wanted to share what she knew of that night and her involvement. I know enough that I can't trust everything I hear. Not that I think Tamika is being dishonest. I just know people will always tell a story from their point of view, which is their personal interpretation of an event, which doesn't make it factual. In the next few episodes of BVR, I'm going to cross-reference Tamika's version of events from the 16th of July 2014. In this episode, you will hear from Tamika's brother, Nakoda. He had some interesting things to say. He has since moved away, so I had to catch up with him on the phone. I'm going to share with you my conversation with him. For the purpose of this phone call, I'll be beeping out Jason's real name. So every beep you hear is for that reason. I'll also be beeping out one other name, Jason's ex before Kira. Just to refresh your memory, if you remember back to our episode with Tamika, she said after the fight with Kira, where she struck her maybe four times, she called her mother to collect Jason, her, her niece and her daughter from Kira's house. Then Tamika's mother took her back to Bobby's house, which is another brother of Tamika. It's confusing, I know, but bear with me. Hello. Hello, I was just after Nakoda. Um, yeah. Baby. Someone wants to talk to you. Hello. Hey Nakoda, how are you? Hey, who's this, sorry? Mate, my name's Jamie Pultz. Um I'm doing a podcast um called Beanham Valley Road on Kira McLaughlin. Oh yeah, yeah. Is is now a bad time? Nah, mate. Um it's all good. But basically, mate, um, yeah, I'm doing a podcast and I was wondering if you would just want to give me some information that you have and if I could record your voice for the purpose of the podcast. Yeah, that's fine, mate. That's fine. Uh, my name's Nakoda. I'm Tamika's brother, youngest brother, and I'm 25 years old. Just give me the rundown of, of what you know about Kira and your involvement or anything you know well, about her at all. Well, I know... Um, I. Knew Kira for a while because my brother was living with my mum and I when they met out at Woolvi. We were just on Sunrise Road there, which was around the corner. And um, my brother actually met her through the chook farm they were working at, um, doing chooks or whatever, selling them to Inghams and all that kind of stuff. And um, everything seemed all good. Between my brother and her, but same as always, my brother was an alcoholic. He was very aggressive to women, especially when he drank. That's why his ex-partner, sorry, left him because he did used to bash her all the time. And I was one of the people that used to jump in the middle of him flogging into her to get him off her. And I started noticing signs that he was doing that to Kira. and getting up to the night that um, my sister and my niece and um, were out at um, in Kira's place. And um, I wasn't with them at that stage. As far as I know, they had a few drinks. Um, there was an argument or whatever, and um, Kira attacked my sister and um, my sister self-defended herself once as far as I know and um, after that we got a phone call. I was in Gympie at um, my house at the time and my other brother Bobby's house 
And uh, my mother got a phone call asking if she could go out there and pick my sister up, my niece and my brother because Kira was going off and wanted them to leave. So um, my mother went out, picked them up from, um, I think it was Beanham Valley Road. They were out the front on the road part waiting for my mum. And um, my mother brought them back to my brother and I's house. And um, I was sitting under the house with my two brothers, Bobby, and um, we're having a discussion and Kira and we're on and off the phone to each other. And um, my brother got really aggressive towards me at one stage, tried to actually fight me because I was telling him to calm down. It's all over ridiculous stuff. And um, he snapped and got up and tried to fight me. And my other brother jumped in between us two. and. Um, stop that quickly and then my brother got a phone call from Kira um saying that she he put her on loudspeaker she said that she had taken a lot of her tablets I'm not sure what tablets as far as I knew she was on antidepressants and these other tablets not sure what ones I didn't really get involved in their life too much and um she said for to tell her kids that she loves them and that her kids would be going back to their father. Okay, so we have covered the overdose theory quite a few times now. Uh, it was brought up in the Form 1. It was Jason told it to the emergency services who attended that night. But Nakota's saying he actually heard Kira say that on loudspeaker. And um, um, said to her, we're on our way, and asked my brother Bobby and I if we could take him out there. And this would have been... Oh, would have been around, I think, between 9 and 11 o'clock. It was pretty late. So my brother and I back at um, Kira's place on Beanham Valley. And um, when we pulled up, I noticed Kira looked out the window. Just panicking that she may have collapsed or anything like that. And um, what his main worry was the whole time, which I clued on to, was he wanted to get back there because she had a previous history of sexual intercourse with her neighbour and he was more worried about getting back there because the neighbour the neighbor would have been there and he thought that they would have been doing something. So he, he got very defensive and pretty well demanded us to drive him back out to her house. And um, anyways, I... When we pulled up to the driveway, I noticed Kira opened up the curtain to look out the window and um, walked out the car and said goodbye to us, everything like that, and that's where we left it. And then what well, would have been between 6 o'clock and 8 a.m. the next morning, I got a phone call asking me what he should do. Should he call the ambulance? Kira's not right. She's um, unresponsive. And when he put the phone... Oh, hold on a second. I just got to put a jumper on. So, Yeah, when, um, he said to me, can you listen to her and tell me what this sounds like? And he put the phone up to her and I could hear her moaning and groaning like she was in pain. And um, he... 
he said to me, I don't know what to do. He said, you're an idiot. What are you doing calling me? You should be calling an ambulance. That's your partner. I said, something's not right there. Call the ambulance right now. And he goes, I don't know what to do. And he was more worried about, he kept saying to me, they're going to think it was me. They're going to think it was me. And I'm going to go to jail. And I said to him, excuse my French. I said, you're, I said, you're a fucking idiot, mate. I said, that's your partner. No matter what, you shouldn't be thinking about yourself. I said, you should be calling an ambulance for her. I'm not a fucking doctor. I said, what are you doing calling me for? Call the fucking ambulance or I'm going to. And he turned around and said to me, all right, I'm getting off the phone and calling the ambulance. And that would have been between six, yeah, six o'clock and eight o'clock in the morning because I just woke up. I went into the toilet come out of the toilet and he called me and um, I thought he actually called the ambulance and then he actually called my mother, asking him what um, he should do and my mum said the same thing, stop worrying about yourself, get an amb- ambulance to her right now and um, we, th- we thought he did and then we found out that afternoon it wasn't until two something or three something that he actually called the ambulance so there was that whole time frame but as far as i know i know how violent my brother is when he drinks and i know the neighbor was there at some stage because when we pulled up the dogs were chasing someone back over towards the neighbor's house and that's when i realized kira was popping her head out the um, curtain to see who was there. And um, I, d- I don't know what happened while he was there. There was a whole 10 to 12 hours he was there alone with her. As far as I know, I know for a fact that it wasn't my sister that done anything to her because my niece was an eyewitness who seen everything and was the only one that wasn't drinking in the house. And as she said, my sister only hit her once in self-defense because Kira threw a paint can at her, a chain and a wine glass. So Tamika actually said she hit her four times in one of those times actually knocking her out, just to clarify. And... um she never fell back on nothing because was right behind her the whole time. And with the history of growing up with my brother and seeing how he was with his partner previous to Kira for 10 years, he flogged her on a daily basis. Okay, a couple of points here to consider. Nakoda wasn't actually there that night when Kira was hurt. However, he was present at Bobby's house. Jason's mother brought them all back and he overheard a couple of conversations which resulted in Nakoda and his brother Bobby dropping Jason back at the house, as Tamika had previously said. Nakoda went on to explain the version he was given about that night. Prior to that, from what he said to me and the family, that he went back there, they had a little argument, and then they went for a shower together, made love in the shower, and then went and laid down and watched a movie together, made love again. And then she fell asleep, he fell asleep, woke up the next morning, and that's when he reckons that he um, he woke up to her groaning like she was in pain. And that's when he called me. And that's when I turned around and said to him straight away, call the ambulance. And that was early in the morning. 
if I still had my old phone, I'd be able to tell you the exact exact time, but I know it's between 6 and 8 a.m. And have you ever been interviewed by anyone? No. I'm the only one that hasn't, and I don't understand why. No, no police, nothing. They spoke to my mum, my sister, my other sister, my grandmother, who wasn't even there at the time. They spoke to my niece. They spoke to my brother, Bobby, who was with me when we dropped him off. And no one's ever brought me into it. No, And that's why I said to my sister, that's a bit weird because I'm the only one that hasn't had to say my side of the story. Had Kira told you before that she had been with the neighbour? Yeah, she's, that's what the whole argument was over between um, my sister and her because she was carrying on about how she was sucking the neighbour's dick and all this and all that. And if you, and when her and got together, she told him. You mentioned there were signs of DV that you noticed with Kira. Yes. Um, I know that, yes, there was numerous times the police got called there for him I've seen bruises all over her, which I know what my brother's like. If he doesn't want anyone to see where they are, he usually hits around the higher part of the legs and the stomach and the arms. And, um, yeah, you could see there was, like, big bruising. This one time I noticed there was big bruising going all down both sides of her legs and her arms, and you could see where around the, um, what do you call this, your bicep? Around her bicep, you could see where that, like, hand had grabbed her arms. And she'd always try and cover it up. And then other times when she'd have a few drinks, she'd start saying, oh, did this, did that. Do you know if he's, do you know if he was violent towards the kids, Kira's kids? Um, I don't know. I never really hung around him much because I didn't really want to be involved in that environment with how their relationship was based on and he just pretty well gave up on his kids, my nephew and niece, or nephews and niece, sorry, and wanted to start with someone else. So I didn't really accept that and I didn't really hang around him. There was a couple of times I went to lunch with him and they'd always argue, so I'd end up just going home. So from where you sat, it wasn't a very healthy relationship. No, there was times they seemed like they were happy, like they were putting it on. And there was just, you could just see, it was too obvious. Been around my brother my whole life, I've seen what he's been like with every female he's ever been with, just to know what it's like. And what he, what is he like? How would you describe your brother? He is a very arrogant, aggressive, woman-abusing piece of shit i'm sorry to say i hate his guts and i don't agree with anything he's ever done to any female in his life especially the mother of his children i was 12 11 or 12 years old when he first started accusing her of sleeping with me which is the most stupidest thing i ever ever heard and my other brother bobby copped it as well and um he i would have been in grade seven when I watched him physically belt the living hell out of her for about where it was straight because the police just didn't want to come. And it took him literally two hours to come. He belted, he belted his ex-partner with a phone, his shoes. Like, I mean, full-on belted her black and blue. And that's just 
one of the times. There's been multiple times, even to the point where she's had to stab him to get him away from her. And it still didn't work. He would literally beat her until she was pretty well lifeless and I'd have to call the ambulance or I'd be copping a flogging myself because I'd be jumping in the centre of it trying to stop him from the age of 11 years old. So he's been violent towards you? Oh, yeah. There's My brother and I have... Mate, we've thrown hands quite a few times because another time he was um, trying to belt into his missus and I jumped in the middle of it. He went to attack my partner at the time. I said, no, you don't. And he head-butted me. So I just picked him up and dropped him on his head and just held him there. And I couldn't hit him because his kids were there, but he was kicking me, trying to punch me, trying to go off, trying to run me over when he got up, tried to punch me in the back of the head when I was walking away. <clears throat> he's tried to fight everyone in our family, my sister Tamika, my mother, my brother, my other sister. He's tried to fight everyone in the family. That's just how he is. I asked Nakata to clarify something for me. He said he knows the neighbour was there that night, that he saw the dogs chasing something down the side of the house at Kira's place. I didn't see the person. I just seen the dogs because the dogs were yard dogs, but usually they'd be up at the house all the time unless someone was out in the yard they would be trying to like play. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And when we pulled up, the dogs were running in the direction to the neighbor's fence, like they were chasing something or someone. I didn't physically see the person myself. So Nakota told me he hasn't seen his brother, Jason, since February last year and that things weren't peachy between them. He didn't agree with how he behaved around women and described him in some pretty colourful language. He just, when he lashes out, he lashes out. And I mean, he lashes out. He doesn't think, he doesn't see, he doesn't anything. He just does it and it's over and done with and then acts like nothing happened after it. I've seen it my whole life. Even when he'd smash up my mother's house when he'd be losing his shit trying to bash his missus. Ten minutes later... It'd be like nothing happened. He'd be making a cup of coffee and all smiles and all happy like nothing happened. And I see him through my brother better than anyone. And I said from get-go, something don't feel right about this. He's putting the blame on my sister for nothing. Because I know I'm very, very close with my sister. And I know if she done something, then she's done something. But in my gut feeling, I know this isn't because of her. At all, because I know my sister better than anyone. I grew up with her pretty well raising me my whole life. And I know when she's done something wrong and I know when she hasn't. And I can tell you now, I'm just 
the feeling in my stomach. It's it's not her. I've known something sus from day dot from the way would snap every single time Kira's name was even mentioned like he had a guilty conscience because you could see it in him it would just trigger and if you'd say even mention oh what happened did you do something that night he would just instantly snap not try and defend himself he would just snap instantly like there was something he was trying to cover and it was eating him alive and he didn't know how much more he could take and he just instantly snapped that's what i mean that's why he'd snap at me majority of the time because i'd say to him like oh like what happened that night because he'd always blame it on me and i'd say to him it doesn't add up man it don't feel he'd just snap at me and try and punch on with me instantly and then 10 minutes later he's like oh you're good all right and then try and put on the waterworks and like I can see straight through my brother. I grew up around him my whole life. He's lived with pretty well my mum and I my whole life. And I know who he is and I can see through him probably better than anyone. That's what hurt my sister the most because she kept believing he was a good person and he hurt her. And and when the police arrived there, from what I've heard, the house was pretty well clean, yet from my niece's um, statement, she was telling me that there was shit being thrown around from Kira chucking a hissy fit, and there was paint all over the house from where she tried to throw it at my sister and it covered her. But apparently when they arrived there, the house was all clean and spotless. So I don't, honestly, it was like he tried to hide it. And if that's the case... What's there to hide? If he had nothing to hide, why would he be cleaning up evidence? And he will do anything he can to wiggle his way out of any situation. And I tell you what, he is pretty well a master of mind manipulation. So there you have it. That's what Nakoda had to say. Obviously, he had a lot of information there that he wanted to get off his chest about his brother and his opinions of his brother are his opinions. And that's up to you guys to decide whether you, what you make of it. Obviously, that part about the house being clean upon police arrival at Beenham Valley Road, I can't substantiate or unsubstantiate that. I do know from other sources and other interviews that there was paint everywhere just after the altercations that they had that night at the house. Was it cleaned up, though? I don't know. One of the things that... I took away from that interview with Nakoda or that conversation with Nakoda was that at some stage he was led to believe that Tamika was responsible. Well, that's the version that he was told anyway, somewhere along the line, because he did mention that he will, you know, Jason will try and shift the blame to Tamika. But he's always known deep down that Tamika didn't do this and there's been something more to the story. That's for you guys to decide, but it would just really resonated with me because that's not the first time I've heard that. Many sources have said that, you know, Jason has tried to shift the blame to Tamika. And Tamika's and the family might have realised now that there are many sides to every story and they're starting to question his. So also I've got a conversation I had with Sam. Now Sam is one of Tamika's friends and she lives about two and a half hours away from Gympie 
so I caught up with her on the phone as well. Uh, she wasn't there that night at the house, but she does play a key role or a key witness account from her because Tamika claimed that she was collected by a friend after she was taken from Beanham Valley Road by her mum, taken back to Bobby's house. Well, that friend is Sam, and I caught up with Sam to verify that information. Sam actually came to know Jason in the month afterwards, and here's what she had to say. Uh, so I'm Samantha Noble. I'm from, um, well, Brisbane, <laughs> Logan area. And how do, you, how do you fit into this story? Uh, so I'm one of Tamika's friends. I've known her for like, oh, gosh, a good nearly 10 years, I'd suppose. And so you all obviously also know her brother. Yes, I do. And what was your involvement that night? Uh, so Tamika rang me. Um, she said she had a bad feeling about something and, you know, she really needed to get picked up from a gimpy where she was. And um, so, yeah, no one else, yeah, and she just said she really wanted to get out of there and could I pick her up? No one else will come out and grab her. So I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> so I went out and grabbed her. I don't remember the date. It was early hours of the morning that I got there. So, like, uh, I drove, gosh, it must have been about two, maybe three o'clock in the morning when I got there. I left Brisbane, yeah, around midnight-ish. Where would you pick um, to make her up from? Um, from her, I think it was her other brother's house. I, I'm not too sure. I didn't actually go in, but, um, it, right. yeah. And what did she say? Did she elaborate on why she had a bad feeling or anything about that? Oh, she told me about the fight that she'd had with Kira and yeah, she just said, no, nah, I just wanted to get the hell out of there. You know, she just had a bad feeling. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you picked her up early hours in yep. the morning and then. Yeah. Her and her um, niece, Jessie. And Charlie, I believe her daughter was there as well. Yeah. And where'd you go from there? Um, so I went back to, I think it was her, her ex's place, Charlie's dad's place. Right. And that, is that Gimpy? No, no, no. This is um, down in Brisbane. Uh, so we came back down. Yeah. So Logan Village, I think it was. Yeah. We either went to her sister's place first or, or to um, yeah, her ex's place. And did she tell you about what happened... And the car trip home, did she did she talk about? Yeah, yeah, she told me about the fight she had with Kira. Um, yeah, basically was just pissed off with her, and she, you know, um, yeah, but just like that bitch. <laughs> but yeah, told me about, told me yeah that she'd hit her a few times, and yeah, pretty much that was it. And did she say anything about taking uh, sugar pills instead of ecstasy, or anything about that? Um, I think I do remember something about that. I'm not exactly sure, yeah, what happened, but I, I think I do remember something about that. What do you know about um, Tamika's brother, who we're calling Jason? You know him as. What What do you What do you know about him that night? Um, so I didn't know until after this happened. Um, we we I moved into the house in to our house at Eagleby, and um, just after Kira passed away, he moved in with me for only a short period of time. But yeah, it was very, yeah, very near after she passed away. Like, so she passed away yeah, mid-July? Was it? Like a couple? Yeah. Yeah, and like um, a few days, it was in the, within the week, I think. Yeah, he came and moved in only temporarily, really, with me. And how did that go down? Um, 
he was different. He was definitely a different. <laughs> um, yeah, like Tamika, you know, swore, you know, he was, he was all right and that, and I, I trusted her because, you know, like, she, yeah, she said he, he's her brother, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. How long did you live with him for? Oh, probably only, it was probably less than a month. It wasn't very long at all. So what was your impression of him apart from being different? Uh, I, I didn't really see – he didn't really seem like someone whose um, partner had just passed away so recently. Uh, you know, he he didn't seem to be very, uh, you know, I don't know, in mourning I guess like you'd think someone would be. Um, and uh, was it, it was after about oh, a few days or something um, – and I, I'd bump, I bumped him in the kitchen. I bumped his hand in the kitchen and I noticed um, he had a really sore hand. Okay. Yeah. And um, when I asked him about it, he said, um, I think he said he hit a, a window. He punched a window or punched a wall. Um, Do you hand, know what hand that was? I believe it was his right hand. And could you see it like swollen or bruised? Definitely swollen. It looked twisted the way it was sitting. Like uh, his wrists, like the bones coming down to your wrist and past there, like they looked twisted. It, it looked pretty messed up. And I never seen him even use that hand at all, ever. Like it wasn't until I realised it was like that bad. But he never really, he never let on about it at all. So he was avoiding using that hand. Definitely. That yeah, he used to keep it tucked up in his jumper all the time. And did he ever talk about that night? Not really. He he told me, um, he did tell me once, said uh, she she um, had taken a heap of pills, some antidepressants, I think, and uh, had an overdose. And he told me he, he went and tried to shower her because uh, he noticed that she'd pissed and shit herself. Um, and in the shower, he dropped her. Um, and that that was pretty well all the story I right. got off of him. And how'd that make how'd that make you feel? Um, I don't know. Like at first, I kind of thought it believed him, and then after a bit, I was just like, you know, I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> you know, like um, just just things didn't add up. You know, and yeah, I I don't know. It was very very odd. And then apparently, she didn't have that much. Um, uh, what do you call it? They they done a toxology thing on her, and there was nothing that would have done that. Like like she had therapeutic levels or something. And I was like, wow. And then a few other things, I was just like, oh wow, you know, like I, that that's pretty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Yeah. So. And did he show any aggression with you? Did you see um, any aggressive aggressive behaviour? There was one night, and he had a bit too much to drink, and I think that was actually the last night he. When he moved out, he left and Pua didn't come back. But, yeah, he was a bit strange that night. Like, I didn't feel like um, he was going to, you know, hurt me or anything, but I felt like he was trying to bait me for an argument. How do you mean? Well, yeah, just, um, I don't know, just, just acting really weird and the way he was acting, yeah, just was a bit strange. He'd, I think he had a bit too much to drink or, yeah. He never, like, threatened you or hit you or anything like that? No, no, he definitely didn't. Um, no, he ended up, I think I ended up going out and when I got home he was gone. And, yeah, that was pretty well the night, the last night he stayed there. Did you feel safe with him in your house? Um, yeah, I guess so. Like, um, yeah, 
I didn't feel like anything was bad was going to happen. Like, he was definitely different. Um, I'm sure if I spent more time with him, yeah. Yeah, I definitely probably wouldn't have wanted him in my house longer. But <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really know him that well. And right, yeah. How would you describe different? Like he's very quiet, um, kind of withdrawn, but watches everything. Was he using drugs or anything around you? Uh yeah, he he used some drugs a couple times, I think. Like marijuana or speed? Ah, uh, speed. Yeah. Smoking or intravenous. Uh, intravenous. What do you think happened that night? I think killed her. That is that is my honest opinion. <laughs> Definitely. I don't even doubt it, to be honest. Just the things that he's told me, um, Tamika's told me, and that I've, you know, heard in the media, read in the media, all those things. Yeah. Like, his story just wasn't, you know, it didn't make sense to what everything else said. And uh, Tamika, when I picked Tamika up, she 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 didn't look like she'd been in that big of a fight. You know, she had no marks on her, nothing on her hands, nothing. You know, didn't look like she'd been in a fight that would have, you know, potentially have done that kind of damage to someone. <laughs> and that he just said to you that he had tried to shower her, dropped her in the shower. Yeah, and her head hit the floor. Right. He did say that. Did he say anything about her being conscious or not conscious or uh, unconscious? Of yeah. Um, yeah, he said when basically when he realised she wasn't waking up and checked her that, um, yeah, it was then he noticed, of course, she'd pissed and shit herself and then he tried to put her in the shower to kind of rouse her. But, yeah, he, he did tell me that though he's seen a blister pack, like, you know, your, your pills. Yeah. He said he's seen an empty one of those next to the bed. And at this stage, Tamika was sort of backing him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a bro, you know, she... She honestly thought he was he was all good, and I suppose it's only recently, like, yeah, she's really kind of put things together and really realised that things aren't so cool. <laughs> when was the last time you spoke to him? Um, probably about a year ago. I think he might have sent me a message. Right, and what was that about? Oh, just saying good day, pretty well. Yeah, I, I got one every now and then off him. Usually when he was out of jail, he <laughs> just sent like, oh, hey, how you been, kind of thing. Was there anything ever between you guys? Oh, not really. We slept together, but that, that was it. And this was after. This is when he was living with you. You know, like a couple of days after he. Yes. His girlfriend had passed. He moves in with you. He's only there for a month, and in that time, he had slept with you. Yeah. 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 Basically. He didn't show any signs of grief. No, not really. Like, not, not to what I think someone would show anyway, and you know. I never see him, seen him seem upset about it. Even when he spoke about it, he he was fine. Like, you know, even telling me that she overdosed and that, just, yeah, he's, he showed no emotion. Did you ever get questioned or anything? No, no, never. No, I've never, the police have never talked to me about it. They've never approached me about it or anything. It's very odd. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Sam. I really appreciate your phone call. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay. So that was my conversation with Sam. And if you agree with me, that was pretty pretty important because Sam was able to verify that she indeed picked Tamika up and took her away from Gimpy and that she observed Jason's possible right hand that was swollen and bruised 
and causing me a bit of grief. And also that new bit of information that we heard that when Jason showered Kira to sort of rouse her, he dropped her or hit her head. And just the general sense that Sam didn't feel that he was someone who was grieving, you know, the loss of his girlfriend. You know, the fact that he hooked up with with Sam in the next month. It's hard to judge. I've never been in that situation, but there you are. So stay tuned for next episode. I'll be chatting face-to-face with Sean, who is the infamous next-door neighbour. He has a lot to say as well. There was four or five of us, like, we all knew each other and shit. And, um, yeah, like, I, don't, I can't remember how it ended up or become, but me and Kira were wrestling and, like, play-fighting on the ground, and she bit my ear. And that's sort of how it all started. And then, like, yeah, and then, like, we made out. And then we, like, you know, we didn't even do anything that night. Like, hmm. we just, yeah, like, like I, I had a girlfriend as well, so, and she was there. So, like, it was, yeah, real, real sneaky, real sly. And then, um, yeah, we could never be, like, obviously open about it. Like, obviously, we never told anyone about it or it was, like, our little secret. But, um, yeah. That's next time on Beenham Valley Road. Beenham Valley Road is a 610 Media production. This episode was written, recorded and produced by myself, Jamie Poltz. It was mixed and mastered by Johnny Powell. Our theme song, Peace of Heaven, is by Pete Allen Music. You can find him on all social medias and download his music wherever you listen. Our cover art photo was taken by Joel Poltz. You can head to our website, www.610mediagroup.com to look at pictures and read our blogs. Also check us out on social media at Beenham Valley Road for Instagram and Beenham Valley Road for Facebook. And please, guys, don't forget, give us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. It really helps us out. So thanks again for listening, guys, and stay tuned. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.